This is the Influencers Network Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Craig. I'm the Executive Director for Influencers here in Bentonville, Arkansas. Back uh, on our series on Compelled by Grace as we break down the kingdom secrets in, in that book. And uh, welcome back our founder, Rocky Fleming. Thank you, Brian. It's good to be here and good to be continuing this uh podcast on this. Yeah, I mean, we're enjoying it. If no one else says we're enjoying it. (laughs) Yeah. I got to reread the book I wrote several years ago. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I know. And me too. Yeah, I read it when you first wrote it and uh, I had never taken a group through it. So it's Mm -hmm. been great to go back through the all the stuff. There's a lot in there. Yeah, I'm taking the group through it right now and I'm a little bit ahead of this one catching up pretty soon. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I think I've shared before. I sometimes I don't know which secret I'm on, here, <laughs> but I think I got it today. But we had one this morning uh, that was amazing, mm-hmm. and 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 I'm amazed when I see uh, the interaction that people have when you have a a subject that would di- dive into their hearts. And uh, and today I, with them, I was working on the secret of of grace of. Mm-hmm compelling grace and that was that that's a big one that was a big one yeah and it seems like it that of course the book is building up to that yeah about how important that is for us to see it well it seems to me that all the secrets are interconnected they are they kind of build on each other mm-hmm. in a sense or, or at least you learn lessons from the last one that mm-hmm. helps you understand the next one they're revelations yeah they're, they're revelations ahead of the next one right right and you know going back to divine orchestration you were just sharing with me about a young lady we were at Einstein's, mm-hmm. and she came up to us and said, I'm sorry, but I, I couldn't help but overhearing what you were saying. And it just was so, uh, it sounded so good to me. Will you tell me more about that? Mm-hmm. And then you told me that she got in your wife's group, and mm-hmm. now she's leading a group. Yeah. And, yeah. and that has to point to something that is the first secret we discussed, which is the secret of divine orchestration. Right, right. That's right. And I believe that he orchestrated that for her and all of that. And well, then the fruit that'll come out of it. Yeah. And he's doing that all the time. All the time. Even when we don't even realize it, I think. Yeah. 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 It's fun when you get to see it, see glimpses of it. And I think that's what we do. You know, we're given the privilege to be at this particular helicopter view, watching this thing expand outward into all parts of the world, watching lives change, Mm -hmm. hearing their stories. Uh, hearing how their ministry is so awakened mm. and uh, not something man could produce. We know that. What I like the most is that it's not just us. It's anybody. Mm-hmm. anybody. I mean, this this whole Influencers is about you, the listener. Any any person who's willing to seek the Lord, he's got an adventure awaiting you with all these things you're going to see and open yeah. up to and all that. It's not just for the special people that are in full-time ministry or pastors. Yeah. Or, no, it's for every person. Well, I, I always take note of the fact that Jesus, uh, he, he took ordinary, uneducated men. Right. And he, uh, and he transformed them. Now, they were not illiterate. Otherwise, they couldn't have written the things that they wrote. They were very literate, but mm-hmm. they were not educated in the theology of the Pharisees. Right. And so they were looked down upon. And I think about the number of people that maybe think that since they're not educated in seminary or they're not a pastor in a church or that they're not some form of clergy, that they don't have much to offer. But influencers is made up of people like that. Yeah. 
Right. It started with me because I'm a people like that, just ordinary guy, businessman, and came from very humble stock down in Mississippi. Uh, but at the same time, uh, early connection with Christ. And, uh, and then we've seen so many people that have grown up through this ministry that are just ordinary men and women, mm-hmm. uneducated in theology, but literate, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, but they get so inspired because they get so connected with this intimate God, it transforms their life, and then the kingdom secrets come alive in their in their hearts. And we've had many stories where um, those people all go to church somewhere, and some pastor says, "What is going on with you?" Yeah. They see the fruit in, in individuals' lives, and then they they're curious to know more about the journey. Yeah. We've gotten more churches that way than we ever have by knocking on a door, oh, yeah. you know, or introducing ourselves. You know, it's unfortunate that uh, that the Western church culture has grown to the point where people no longer listen. Yeah. And, um, and I hate to say it that way because there's so many gifted uh, teachers of the Bible and Scripture, uh, very learned men and women, uh, called and gifted. And yet the culture has kind of caused a lot of people just tune out. And I think it has to do with just religion. Mm. And uh, I think that, that when you we, we take religion and you take the relationship out of religion, you just got emptiness. Mm. It doesn't it doesn't bring the heart along with it. But yeah. when you when you bring the relationship to the front and center, the the religious aspect of it follows it gladly. Mm. Yeah, that's when they get to be self feeders and they love reading the word. They love hearing a pastor preach the word. Mm-hmm. They love supporting their church. Yeah, and I and I think that the best thing that we have ever done for churches is help their uh, people uh, come to that intimacy with Christ because it always goes back to the church and blesses them. Yeah, it ends up expressing itself horizontally uh, yeah. in a church uh-huh. and in other places. But we, You know, they don't have to fundraise anymore because they got people that are stewards of their wealth and, and, the, and the church is blessed by it. They don't have to worry about raising up the next teachers or leaders because they just come to the surface when you teach them how to abide with Christ. Yeah. It becomes a very healthy church because of it. Yeah, that's right. Well, um, getting back to our study, yeah. uh, we the kingdom secret we're going to discuss today is called the secret of God's plans above all plans. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I'm going to read the scriptures that uh, really that pertain to this, inspire this sure, thought. Sure. Um, Which, by the way, always goes back to that now. Yeah, yeah. We always take it back to scripture. We'll have creative stories. Sure. You know, and, and Jesus used parables, you know, and he was telling a parable, but he was delivering biblical truths inside of it. And and that's how he's given me this, to, to, to deliver creative stories, but to always bring it back to theology. Yeah, and that's why even in these studies, you want to start yeah. with Scripture first, Absolutely. and then we'll go from there. Yeah. So in uh, Proverbs 23, 19, it says, Listen, my son, and be wise, and set your heart on the right path. Um, so seeking him and what what he's got for your for your path, which is the beginning of wisdom, by the way. Yep, yep. Well, here we go. Proverbs nine ten. Next step. <laughs> uh, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Right. That's right. And then uh, another uh, great Proverbs has got great great ones about all this. Proverbs nineteen twenty one. Many are the plans in the mind of man, but it's the purpose of the Lord that will stand yeah. or prevail. Other translations say. Um, and then the last one is Jeremiah 29. Which 11. is a sweet one here. <laughs> for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, 
plans for wholeness and not for evil and to give you a future and a hope. Yeah. And we, we talked about that a little bit in last week about in divine interruption that you got to believe, first of all, that there is a plan, you know, to understand what God's doing in your life. Now, if you don't believe he's, he's orchestrating all these plans then you won't get any of this, you know, but you got to, if you get back and understand he's sovereign and he's working out a plan, which this all speaks to these verses, then you start seeing, you get a little different perspective about, and, and if and if plans get off base a little bit, it'll give you get you back to center. You know, the source of the plan, right? Yeah, Brian, I I have known a lot of Christians in my seventy six years, and a different uh, philosophies, and I have to say it's philosophy because it's not theology; it's philosophy. Mm-hmm. But uh, so many of them feel like that God got it started and that He backed off, and everybody else has got to take care of their their business now. Yeah. So many Christians feel like it's about managing sin the best they can. Mm-hmm. So many Christians feel like it's about their souls being in a soul-safe condition and trying to live the best life they can. And in, in so many Christians think about the two-kingdom aspect. There's God's kingdom and then there's my kingdom. Mm-hmm. And they, they look at it through that grid. And, and yet um, all of those particular perspectives don't talk about or deal with the fact that God has something better for them mm-hmm. than what they can plan or what they can dig up or what they can make for themselves. Mm-hmm. And so when we began to go into the depth of him being a personal God and that he is involved with their life, he knows, he cares, he's willing, and he's able to be that detailedly involved in a person's life, in his child's life. Then, once they begin to trust him, and that's what it requires, it requires them to trust him, mm-hmm. then they are able to entrust their lives to him mm-hmm. and follow his plans. And the thing I love about, love about the Jeremiah passage is that he just say, God is laying on the, out there clear yeah. that my plans are to bless you. Yeah. And they are good. Yeah. So that's yeah, that's one to hang your hang your hat on right there. <laughs> well, um, you've got a definition in the in the discussion guide about uh, the, the secret of God's plans above all plans, and you say here, God's plan, not ours, is always the right plan. At the core of God's plan is our need for His involvement for it to succeed. This can be difficult for God's child, for it means that our only hope is for God to come through for His plan to work. But if God has orchestrated the plan and is directing it, then we do not have to prop it up by our own efforts. What better way can God receive his glory and we not be misdirected by our own agenda than to harmonize with God in such vital dependence? Learn how to listen to God and follow his wisdom. He will direct you to the right path at the right time and provide the right resources for accomplishing the task he's given you to fulfill. Mm -hmm. And you, you talked about harmonizing with God. Let's talk about that for a second. Well, that's uh, that is what abiding is all about. Um, is getting in that harmony with Him. Uh, there's so many things that are contrary to uh, the holiness of God in our life. Hmm. And and I hate to say it like this, but in, in many ways we are corrupted from the standpoint of of holiness. And, and therefore, we had to be made holy because of what Christ did for us. That's the redemption. 
But he gave us even more than that. He gave us not only the redemption of our souls, he also gave us a safe harbor for those souls. And that safe harbor is in that relationship with him. Hmm. When we are saved, that's one thing. But there's a period of time between when we're saved and when we will be glorified, and that's called sanctification. And the sanctification period is learning to walk with him. Mm. And one of the best ways that I've learned to walk with him is to yield my plans to him. Yeah. You see, there's a wrestling contest right there. Yeah. I have to give up uh, what I think needs to be done. And what I think needs to be done is oftentimes based on urgency rather than importance. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, urgent matter is something that requires immediate attention. Mm-hmm. An important matter is something that is oftentimes neglected because there's too many urgent things ahead of it. Yeah. But the important matter is what really blesses us in, in the end. And there was a man who wrote a book called The Tyranny of the Urgent. Mm-hmm. And he was making that observation, and that is that we we operate in such a reactive society, and our plans are always we have to go here, do this, that, and the other so quickly that we never take the time to think it through and pray it through, to ask what is the plan of God here, mm-hmm. and rather than just acting on something because it's an impulse or because of logic, mm-hmm. we 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 in turn start taking ourselves to a place where we can hear him, mm. where we can listen to him, where we can harmonize with him. Mm. And if we get to that point, we, he, he, he will speak to us in his own way. And oftentimes that, the way he speaks to us is, is, is at the heart level. And we've oftentimes heard some godly people say, when you don't know what to do, follow your heart. Yeah. Well, that's good advice as long as your heart's in a good place. Right. right. And that's why we're always saying... Keep your soul healthy, because the heart is the is is the center of you. That is your soul. Yeah. And keeping your soul healthy, how is your soul? Is a very important question, mm-hmm. because it's out of that place they were able to hear his voice and follow his plans. Yeah. Well, um, this this talks about God's plans above all plans, but I don't. I guess I want to ask you this. I don't think God's will is always done. You know, Jesus told us to pray, your will be done. You know, we need to pray that because his will is not always done because, because we have free will. Mm-hmm. And so we have a choice to botch up the plan, right, and mm-hmm. do all sorts of stuff, you know. Yeah. Um, but we're talking about when we're in harmony with the Lord, life goes so much better. Mm-hmm. But 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 we don't. he doesn't make us do it, right? Mm-hmm. He, you know, he doesn't make his plans always go forward. But he has good plans if we would just... Cooperate, right? Well, we have the free will for the the free will to yield our will. Yeah, right. And it's our choice, and that's called consecration. Yeah. Uh, Paul said it about the living sacrifice. He said, "I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and delivered Himself up for me." Yeah. Those are choices. Yeah. Those are choices that Paul said he had to make. Those are choices that we have to make. And and when we come to him and say, I choose to give over the rights to myself and to follow you, we have at that point consecrated our life to him. Yeah. And that's the beginning of some really great things at that point. And it, but it's kind of a lifelong daily, mm-hmm. it's a daily consecration, I feel like. It's a daily death. 
Yeah, because I, you know, we've seen some people who've gone through the journey and loved it, and it, it lit them on fire and all that. And then a few years later, we hear about them disappearing and and falling into sin and doing all sorts of stuff. Yeah. because they're human and yeah. they're they're fallible and and can be be tempted. And they got off the plan. They got off the consecration. They something the Satan picked them off. I don't know. Well, I got a little bit of a kind of an attitude about that. Okay, and, it, and it's not a hundred percent, but it's pretty close to me. <laughs> and that is, you know, the, the, the journey is about a vertical orientation, building a relationship with Christ and it be sustainable. Mm-hmm. The journey is not about the nine months that they're together. It's the period of time with him in the private time that we have with him between journey groups and then after the journey groups. Yeah, not just the meetings themselves. Mm-hmm. Right. Not the meetings. Uh, and as as much as we can try to emphasize it, this is not horizontally driven. We still have people that look at this as a way to build relationships with other men or women. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're looking for that more than anything. And if they have a good group and they really like that group and they're having a great time with that group, oftentimes they don't want to break up that group because yeah. involved, their friendships are so great. Yeah. And that's not a bad thing. But it also tells me it might it might not be vertically oriented as it should be. Yeah, and and therefore I've seen the people that have kind of fallen away. My observation is because they were not connecting vertically as much as they were connecting horizontally. Yeah, yeah, I think that makes sense. Yeah, they, it was propped up by the by the friendships or the support of the group or yeah. whatever. Yeah. And we've we've known we've known that a lot about events that uh, events can fire you up and send you home and then you you want to be changed but it does doesn't sustain and the journey group is can be the same way if you don't go to the heart of it you know it's called the dna we keep saying about the dna the dna of the journey is vertically oriented grace driven mm-hmm. and as much as we say that and emphasize its importance you still have human nature yeah that comes in and plays a part we, we can't police it because it is grace driven yeah that's right all we can do is message them about the vertical orientation and about the intimate intimate relationship with Christ and how that in itself will go with you from now on. Yeah. All for the rest of your life. Yeah, I've I've used to say that uh, that uh, the the book Purpose Driven Life when it came out, churches all over America were doing that, including mm-hmm. my church in Tulsa at the time, and it was really good and it got people thinking. Um, but I don't think anyone found their purpose going through a purpose driven life study. But I, and I've said I think people find their purpose when they go through the journey. A lot of them do because it ignites um, a holy that harmony you're talking about mm-hmm. with God, and and then He starts revealing why He made them, why how yeah. He gifted them, uh, and all of a sudden they get, they get new ideas spark and new ministries form, and I think people find or at least they get on the path toward finding their purpose. Yeah. Well, uh, Peter Wagner, Fuller Institute of Evangelism in California, years ago, and we're talking about in the early '80s. Uh, he wrote his book, uh, Your Spiritual Gift to Help Your uh, Church Grow. Mm-hmm. And that was the first one I've ever read on spiritual gifts. And I guess he or his uh, fully developed the House Modified Questionnaire for trying to determine spiritual gifts. And all the others had been built on that one. But he said something I thought was, it was important when he was <clears throat> using Romans 12. You know, Romans 12, Ephesians 4, and... Let me see. Uh, First Corinthians 12. First, first yeah. Corinthians, yeah. Uh-huh. Those are the three 
primary uh, passages that speak of spiritual gifts. And in Romans 12, you know, it talks about the living sacrifice, present your body's living sacrifice, present your body's living sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual services, worship, and, and be not conformed by this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Yeah. And he went on to say, now, isn't it something that that precedes a, a large list of spiritual gifts? And here's what he says. You want to know God's will for your life? Discover your spiritual gifts and you use them. Hmm. You want to know God's purpose for your life? Abide in him. And he will enable those spiritual gifts with the fruit of the spirit. And you will be about his purpose. Hmm. And he'll, it'll unfold. It'll just, it's, it's a process, but it'll start unfolding just like the fruit takes time to develop. That's right. Doesn't just happen overnight. Fruit takes time it's to germinate. Very organic. Yeah, yeah. And it's the same thing. Yeah. And uh, so the secret is going back to the abiding um, yeah. to find God's plans. So here's the problem with uh, the way we think as man, man, men and mankind. And that is we tend toward thinking it's up to us, that we've got we to figure it out, that we've got to work the plan. We've got to make a plan. We've got to work the plan to produce the results. But what's contrary to that, <laughs> Jesus has said, no, 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 don't, don't, don't make a plan and don't work the plan and don't try to accomplish results. Abide in me and I'll develop a plan and I'll show you the plan to follow. Yeah. And it will produce the results. Mm -hmm. You see the difference there? Yeah, that's right. It's, it goes right back to that, that centering there with, that we have with him. Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of why, as long as I've known you, anytime we have any kind of meeting about anything, you say we should start with prayer oh, yeah. before we even utter, open our mouths because we want to be we want the Lord to lead lead us into His plans, yeah. not our plans. And we want ourselves to be listening. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I hadn't figured it out. I really hadn't figured it out, but I'm 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 starting to. Mm -hmm. And the, and what I've determined is that there's so many things that that I need to be still and quiet about and listen and respond to rather than just striking out. Mm -hmm. And and it's been my nature. That was I was born into that nature. I was wired like that to get it done. With a name like Rocky, I mean what what else would you expect? <laughs> well, how about Gordon Ware Fleming Jr. <laughs> the bottom line out of this thing is that the wiring uh, is developed into us by various things, not only DNA and all the things that come from our parents, but our past, mm -hmm. you know, the experiences that we've had and all that. And it just kind of, a lot, a lot of times it malforms us. Mm -hmm. Some people say, well, that's the secret of my success, but really what does it produce? Really success or is it just money? Mm -hmm. I, I think that, I think that he uses the, probably the, the people that have to be broken the most, he'll use them the most because mm -hmm. then they clearly see how, so much of the things that are accomplished through their life is not only in spite of them, uh, but mainly because Christ has got his way with them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, in the story, uh, he had botched up the little deal with Ned. You know, There's an example. <laughs> he, he was very capable, and he figured, God, thank you for getting me started, but I'll take it from here. Mm -hmm. And then he, he got, ended up in the bad situation with taking Ned to town and, and then he's trying he's back home and his wife showed up and he's trying to figure out 
what to do. And she's, she's nurturing him like a good wife. Yeah. My wife's like that, you know, she's my biggest fan when I screw up, you know, she tries to help me Yeah, and your wife does too. But, um, but, uh, I think what he realizes is that God, God still can get you back on the plan. His plans. If you, if you humble yourself mm-hmm. and ask him, he'll, he'll, he'll help you. And he helped, he helped him in this case. And that's a takeaway here. Yeah. That's not just a story here. Yeah. That, that is a truth. That's a biblical truth. And it, it has to do with humble, humbling ourselves. Yeah. Repenting, which means to be in agreement with God and asking for his help. Yeah. And he, he loves to answer that prayer. Yeah. I found that to be true. He is so good to a repentant sinner and a person who's made a mistake. He is so good. Yeah. He shows his grace so clearly to us and we understand we need it so bad. Mm-hmm. And in this particular case, this man was impetuous. Uh, he thought he had it figured out. He had his plan. His plan was good, right? Mm-hmm. He knew what needed to be done with Ned, only to find that there are a lot of aspects of Ned that he did not understand, mm-hmm. that God understood, but the narrator didn't understand, and mm-hmm. it blew up in his face. Mm-hmm. But God is a God of second chances. Mm-hmm. But he also has a divine orchestration that plays a part in here. And, and in the book, we find that there was another person that had to be included into the mix to be able to accomplish God's purpose. And that's when the narrator's wife, Dottie, yeah. came in to be that feminine aspect that Ned was needing. Because he, he didn't have a mother, never had a mother. She died at his birth. Yeah. Didn't really have a father either because his father was just a reclusive old man that was damaged. Yeah. Mm. And of course, yeah, the closest thing was Gabe and Aunt Maddie. Mm. And the two of them were the spiritual aspects of his life. They were the prayer warriors. Yeah. You know, I'm just thinking here that um, I think it's been true in my life that when I screwed up, it's because I, I get ahead of God. I, I try to rush ahead and that's what happened in this story. So it seems like if we're going to have a default, it should always be to wait, wait and pray, pray and wait until we feel certain that it's time to go. Mm-hmm. And I, I imagine there's a few cases where you got to rush in. Like if you see a need and somebody's in, in danger or somebody's starving or, you know, that we got to move to action. We can't wait too long. Yeah. But most of the time, if we wait, we, the things will come more clear of, the, of the, the steps and everything. Yeah. You know, I got a new book's going to be coming out here in couple of weeks. Yes, you do. And there is a, uh, a big segment in that about waiting. Mm-hmm. And um, in this particular case, and not to get ahead of, of this book, but the next book, <laughs> but it is true that our waiting allows God to orchestrate things, yeah. to line things up, to prepare the way for us. And, um, and the biggest challenge to us is, can we trust him or yeah. will we trust him? Well, you know, just practically speaking, when you're forming a journey group, um, you have an idea of who you think you want to invite. And, and a lot of guys, all of a sudden, they find they're struggling. Yeah. And people they thought were going to join aren't joining. And, and you know, sometimes uh, you may have to say, well, this isn't the right season for this group. Maybe this isn't, you know, and, and that's happened to me before. And I felt like a failure. And then about three months later, this other group just came together miraculously. And it was an amazing group. And God knew that was the group for me. Yeah. But, but I mean, every group, we just pray and wait and uh, 
God has, he comes sometimes at the final hour, but he'll bring people you don't even realize. And he puts it all together. If we just trust him and wait, be patient. I think about uh, people that have told me, and I've, I've been there too, about people that have hated their work environment. Yeah. Because it was constant chaos. They managed chaos more than they did, you know, having a, a plan to deal with things in an important way. They're always reacting, reacting, reacting. Yeah. Right? That's true. And I think that oftentimes we're that way. And I want to go back to the tyranny of the urgent. I'm going to talk about that because I think that a lot of times we feel like these urgent matters require immediate re reaction. Mm -hmm. And I would say that let's quit reacting. And let's start acting. And even when we have urgent matters come in, let's go get away with the Lord and let's pray and ask the Lord, what do I need to do about this, Lord? Give me the next step. Show yeah. me the way. Yeah. At, at least consult him. Mm -hmm. At least let him know that I, I really want you to intervene here. I want you to interact with mm -hmm. me. And even if we step out, the good storyline here is that he stepped in the wrong direction, but God brought him back to the right path. Yeah. Yeah. And even in the urgent matters, God will do the same if we're willing to seek him like that. Yeah. And and best of all, though, if we could ever quell our urge to have to deal with those urgent matters right away, but except put them aside and let the important matters take preference over everything, dealing with the, the important issues, a lot of times the urgent matters will fall the wayside. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. And and. Not to get off on a whole new topic, but really focusing on the relationships, I think sometimes is, you know, what's the heart behind what's going on. Yeah. You know, I think that's, but anyway, but, but what we want is God's perspective because he knows it all. Yeah. He knows all the individuals. He knows the circumstance. He knows what he's trying to do through it if we'll just let it. And because of that. Yeah. That's why his plans are always the best plans. Yeah. His plans above all. Plans. Which is the kingdom secret that we're talking about today. Yeah, that's right. His plans. Do we believe that? Uh, do we seek that? Are we willing to yield to that? Um, if we do, we will see the blessing that comes from it. That's right. And I'm going to close just reading Jeremiah 29 11 one more time. Okay. For I know the plans I have for you. And he's talking to you, listener out there, declares the Lord. Plans for wholeness, not for evil, to give you a future and to give you a hope. So, amen. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you've been listening to the Influencers Network podcast, and uh, we are doing a 13-part uh, series on Compelled by Grace, learning about the, the kingdom secrets you can find in there. You can pick up a copy of the book if you'd like to on our website, influencers.org. Also, there's a group discussion guide you can get well if, if you'd like to do that. And it's a great little thing to pull together maybe your past journey group or former journey groups. And uh, if you want to go through a little season with some people together, and uh, it's uh, very rewarding. So anyway, yeah, be sure you check out our new website. If you haven't been there, we got a lot of new things on there. We're excited and proud of it. And a lot of new people are finding us because of it. So uh, check that out again at influencers.org. Anyway, I'm Brian Craig, Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries, encouraging you to abide in Christ and go make disciples. God bless you.
with me.